Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is MC Money here live on Insider Radio. And I'm joined by my special super duper co-host, Houts MD, Houts Dramas, Houts the main man, Houts the offensive line guru, and Houts no. anything else you can possibly think of. Tonight we are without Sutton the creepy soccer dad as he tells us he is sick, but I really don't believe he's sick. I think he's going out and getting drunk with his buddies or his cousin or whatever it is. Uh, but we will forgive Sutton for this week and this week only, and we will expect him back ready to go next week. Uh, you know, after that intro he had two weeks ago by himself when we were having technical difficulties, how I think he's been trying to hide a little bit. And, you know, on Finsider Radio, we don't hide. We, we face the problems up front, and, and we come into the spotlight, and, and we take care of things. And, and Sutton, you know, Sutton's a little disappointing right now in terms of how we've raised him and, and – how he has not lived up to our standards in terms of facing the truth and becoming a man and really, you know, confronting his fears of not being able to host the show in terms of the introduction. It's disappointing house. He had a rock star like intro. So, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's off practicing or he's ready to give it a shot. He's going to give it a shot next week. I say, let him open do you think that he, he hit this high note and said, I'm done with my podcast career? This is yeah, it? It's a, hit the it's mountaintop? A, it's a possibility. I, I don't think something's that kind of guy that might just, you know, ride off into the sunset. But after an introduction like that, it, he might be definitely considering it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about something a little later in terms of how he's really let us down tonight because it has been an absolute wild week in the Dolphins' world. And lots to talk about in terms of the continuing hype and legend of Jay Cutler. It continues to grow. The Jarvis Landry trade talk in terms of Michael Lombardi throwing that tweet out there. And I had tweeted something a few weeks ago. We'll talk about this more in detail 
And I do have some information on it. It's not new information. It's just a little background information that might uh, help clear the air in terms of what Lombardi's saying and what I was hearing and what the Dolphins were really doing. So we'll get that to that in a little bit. But, you know, before we move on to any of that, I do want to address the flood in Houston, obviously something we haven't seen since Katrina. And really it is just a disaster and disaster isn't even a word to describe it. And while we are not down there to experience any of this, we see everything on Twitter, on the news, on the TV, and it just is a bad, bad situation. And we pray for everyone down there. Our own James McKinney uh, affected by the flood. Uh, He lives down there. He is safe. His family is safe. Uh, His house, you know, looks like, according to him, total loss. They're going to lose everything in the house. At the end of the day, you know, your safety is most important and your family's safety is most important. We've seen deaths there. We've seen people not being able to get rescued. People see uh, dying on the job, trying to rescue people. So, so, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, if you're safe, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. But you do have to recover from this and people who've lost everything need to start over. And I can't imagine how it is to just start your life over after losing everything. It, it's tough. Yeah, thoughts and prayers of all of them all right. affected by this. And let's do it. Yeah, so, you know, we got to transition. We got to talk football, despite what's going on in this crazy, crazy world. So let's begin right now with week three versus the Philadelphia Eagles. How you are at that game. You are a Lincoln financial field guru now, since you've been there exactly once in your life, maybe I've twice. I've been there several times, a lot of times. Okay, so that makes my point even more I clear. Watched, in terms I, of watched John Beck. I watched John Beck back in oh 2007 there, and Ted Ginn return a punt. So I've, I've been down there several games. <laughs> John Beck, as you know, the one of the greatest Dolphins to ever play the quarterback position. Uh, we thought he was our savior when Cam Cameron drafted him, along with Ted Ginn and the entire family. So, so yeah, Yikes. but uh, how, you know, we, we, we've heard the stories about the Eagles fans. We've heard the story about the stadiums. <laughs> Obviously, this is not the same stadium as it once used to be, but yes, it's a preseason game, but how are the fans there? How is the environment? How is the atmosphere? A lot of Dolphins fans there with you. Were you on an island by yourself? I know when we went to the Jets game last year, the game wasn't even two minutes in and you tried getting into a fight with the Jets fans in front of us. I hope you had a better experience this time. Yeah, there was no fighting or even trying to get any fights at this game, I, I think it was a lot more laid back because, it, like you said, it was a preseason game. I don't think fans were going that crazy. But, I mean, there were definitely some Dolphin fans there. They were scattered throughout the stadium. And, I mean, you saw the video of me giving the finger. Everyone was wondering how I didn't get beat up or destroyed. But, I mean, that happened. It was like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they were just doing the wave over and over again. So, I just thought it was fitting to get up there and give the finger. I also got to <laughs> yell at Matt Moore because I – I don't know, man. I was yelling at Matt Moore during the game a lot because it looks like he kind of just checked out. But overall, great, great atmosphere. I, I love that stadium. I love those fans. And anytime you get to watch Miami Dolphins in person, it's a great day. All right. Houch, you are having some difficulty with your mic again. It's cutting in and out. If you want to check that, uh, just shoot me a text when you have looked at that. And I will continue on the show so I can take you off of mute so we don't hear the uh, – cutting in and out. But yeah, you heard how he was at the game and he, and he said that about Matt Moore and Matt Moore 
did look like he was kind of checked out. It was a little odd when you, when you're looking at Matt Moore during that game in terms of what he was looking at, how he was playing Matt Moore final step for the Miami Dolphins came in uh, probably a few minutes into the second quarter. He had, let's see, 11 attempts, only five completions for 43 yards. Really not a day to remember. His longest pass completion was 32 yards. So you take the other four after that, and you're looking at 11 yards. He threw two interceptions. His quarterback rating was a legendary 16.7. So Matt Moore, not his finest game. I'm not quite sure what was going on there. The Dolphins were uh, accepted the ball at the Eagles' about own 10-yard line, and then Matt Moore uh, then decides to throw a air ball into the corner of the end zone. Not a Dolphins player in sight lands into the arms of the Eagles' defenders. They nearly run it back to their to their end zone, and then subsequently, you know, you can only give up so many times on the defensive side of the ball before you give up a touchdown or a field goal, and that was exactly the case there. So, House, you said it yourself that Matt Moore looked like he was checked out. I don't know if you noticed anything in person that we couldn't really see on TV. You, you get a look at the sidelines. You get a look at everything that's going on. We don't get to see all that, but did you notice anything weird going on there, or you just think it was just a bad game? Can you hear me? Because I, I don't know what's up with this mic. Am I good? Yeah, we could, we could hear you. We could hear you. All right. Yeah, I didn't see anything crazy on the sideline. Like I said, uh, I saw Cutler go up and, and pat Moore on the ass to give him some encouragement. So, I mean, it looks <laughs> like those two are getting along. But as far as his body language, I mean, he just looked like he was laid back and like it was a preseason game to him. So, I'm not really sure uh, I put too much into it. But, I mean, for me, I, I kept yelling during the game. I mean, this is why the Dolphins brought Jay Cutler, and I don't think it's anything against Matt Moore. I think what he did last year was great, but I mean, the difference in the skill set and, and what he can do when, I mean, what color can do when the offense is clicking, I mean, then that's the reason they brought him in to hopefully lead this team to something special this season. Yeah, and Matt Moore is a backup quarterback for a reason. Listen, guys, he was the team MVP that one year where, where Todd Bowles took the interim reins <laughs> over. And, but Matt Moore is a backup quarterback. He's had plenty of chances to go out on the market and become a starter. He's had chances to leave Miami, but he always ends up back in Miami. Obviously, teams aren't out there banging down his door to give him a starting quarterback job right up front. They have they telling him he has to compete for it. He feels more comfortable in Miami as a backup too than Ryan Tannehill. Jay Cutler, uh, not Jay Cutler, Tannehill goes down. They bring in Jay Cutler, and you're right on the money house. Matt Moore cannot carry the Dolphins or any team for an entire season. It is just his career makeup. I think we saw that. Yeah, we saw that towards the end of last year. Yes, he brought them to the playoffs. Would Ryan Tannehill have led them to the playoffs? No one can answer that, right? Because Matt Moore still had to win a few games for the Dolphins for them to get in. But in terms of then looking at the playoff game against the Steelers, if you really look at that game and go back and watch the All-22, Matt Moore missed a lot of open wide receivers. And the Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely just played to his weakness and, and – baited him into many throws, baited him into many, you know, different reads. And, and from there, it was a disaster, as we all remember. Jay Cutler for the Miami Dolphins. I saw a tweet. I, I retweeted it the other day. It was pretty funny. Someone tweeted, uh, Jay Cutler came to Miami to throw 70-yard bombs and, and smoke Newports, and Cutler's all out of Newports. And, you know, it's going to be 
so damn exciting watching this Miami Dolphins offense this year. We saw it when he threw the ball up to Devontae Parker in the game against the Eagles, and Parker went up and got it. And Parker was asked after the game if he feels he has connection to Jay Cutler. And Devontae Parker said, yes, I, I do feel I have a connection with Jay Cutler. And the receivers appreciate him throwing the ball up to them. And that is what Jay Cutler is going to do all season long. We've said it many times on this podcast. We are going to love Jay Cutler one play. Three plays later, we're going to be cursing the hell out of him. But you know what? It's going to be one exciting ride. It's going to be one hell of a ride. And we're, we're never know what we're going to get. With Ryan Tannehill, we kind of expected the same kind of thing every week. If he had a breakout game, we were pleasantly surprised. If we had a poor game, he was back to complaining about him and wondering if he was ever going to take that next step and break out. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really, really exciting. And I think a lot of Dolphins fans are looking forward to this season. The season is not lost by any means. Jay Cutler, some are saying he can bring the Dolphins farther along than Ryan Tannehill could have ever brought them along. House, I want to get your take on that hot take that just spewed out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I, it's still tough to say with that. I mean, I think we all know what Cutler is. I think he kind of reached that peak throughout his career, and we, we kind of got a good grasp of what kind of quarterback Cutler was. But Ryan Tannehill, I think the verdict fell out on him. I was stoked to see him in year two with Adam Gase, but that just didn't happen. So, I mean, for me, this was the best of a, a bad situation. I'm excited to see what Jay Cutler can do. And like you said, that Devontae Parker uh, – Cutler duo there that's going to be something to watch next season because I was there for that I mean they keep I keep making jokes to my buddies who uh are big Alshon Jeffrey and Eagle fans and just keep saying that uh, what Cutler said that Devontae Parker's just a faster Alshon Jeffrey and I mean you kind of saw the Alshon Jeffrey in him there in that game and I'm just excited to see what the two can do together but whether or not uh they're going to get further with Cutler than they would have with Tannehill I'm not really sure about that yes so I don't know. I, I think they could get farther with Jay Cutler than they could with Ryan Possibly. Tannehill. Obviously, it's all hypothetical, right? We'll never know. But coming back to Devontae Parker, he is really coming into his own. We kind of saw that towards the end of last year with Tannehill, starting to form some kind of connection with him. Uh, Parker trying to mature a little bit and learning how to become a professional. I had mentioned last year, and it came out of the media, that Parker was not, you know, he didn't know how to be a professional. He wasn't eating the right way. He wasn't exercising the right way. He wasn't doing the right things to succeed in the NFL. And Adam Gase compared him to a Demarius Thomas. Adam Gase said when he went to Denver, Demarius Thomas was young. He was immature. He didn't know how to play through pain. He didn't know when he was hurt versus when he was injured. And he just needed to learn, you know, the game and the NFL and and being a pro in the NFL. And it seems like the coaching staff has rubbed off on Devontae Parker. It certainly doesn't help that Sean Jefferson is a former wide receiver in the NFL who had a successful career and can teach him these things. It doesn't hurt that Kenny Stills has emerged as a leader. It doesn't hurt that Jarvis Landry has emerged as a leader in the Dolphins locker room as well. And all of this has led to many speculation with the Dolphins and others outside the Dolphins organization by saying that Jarvis Landry was on the trade block. And we saw Michael Lombardi retweet this out the other day. And he said that he had mentioned this on his podcast in May. And now it was coming back to the forefront that the Dolphins are seriously listening to all offers on Jarvis Landry. Michael Lombardi is great friends with Bill Belichick. Michael Lombardi used to work for the Patriots. Michael Lombardi is not connected to the Dolphins organization. Michael Lombardi 
what he said, was it wrong? Not necessarily. Could he have used some better words? Absolutely. And what do I mean by this? I had mentioned this on Twitter and in previous podcasts, but I didn't really get into it too much. But here's here's how it kind of went down. This whole thing with Jarvis Landry and his uh, domestic violence case, which is closed but not closed because it's still under investigation. And this happened back in the offseason, and the Dolphins were fully aware of it. Were the Dolphins trying to shop Landry per se? I wouldn't say they were trying to shop him. What I tweeted out a few weeks ago, I think August 15th or 16th, that all NFL general managers would be crazy not to take calls on any player because you never know when that deal that is going to blow you away may come through. I mean, nobody would ever do it, but if someone offered the Dolphins a few first-round picks or a first, second, and a third, or a first, second, and a fourth, or a star player and a draft pick for Jarvis Landry, then you got to sit there and say, okay, maybe what if we do this? this? This might be a possibility here. Because giving away a great player might change our franchise for a decade after this, especially if you're getting a pick from a team like the Browns and the Jets wouldn't do it, but let's just use the Jets with who you know are going to have a high draft pick. And let's say the Dolphins want a quarterback, you know, and can't miss like Sam Darnold and they pick him with a high pick, you know, that could change your franchise for a decade plus if you picked the right guy. So you always want to listen. And During draft season, those calls obviously pick up a bit. And what I can tell you is this. The Dolphins took calls on Jarvis Landry. Whether or not they went out and actively shopped him, I don't know for sure. I don't have that piece of information. What I do have, though, is what I just said. The Dolphins listened to offers on Jarvis Landry before, during, and after the draft. Obviously, things settled down then. And then with this whole domestic violence case popping up, the rumors started again. With the emergence of Devontae Parker, they started even more. And then Michael Lombardi tweeting that out set off sort of a firestorm there across the NFL. The Dolphins strongly denied this trade talk. And we don't see that much from the Dolphins. When there's a story out there and it's accurate, we don't see them pushing back very strong. And I work in public relations for my career, and it's one hell of a job. It's a fun job, but it's a crazy job because you're dealing with media, you're dealing with public perception, and you're dealing with when to say the right things at the right time. And I know for me personally, and I work for a school district in Connecticut, we have over 10,000 students, over 1,200 staff members. We have 19 different schools, uh, one of the largest school districts in the state. So if we say something bad, if we say something dumb, it's going to get on the news and we're going to pay consequences. On the flip side, if the media says something about our school district that is wrong and not accurate, we will push back as strong as possible. That is basically PR 101, right? So, so when you see the Dolphins pushing back very strongly on this, and even the head coach coming out and talking about it, you know now that Lombardi's tweet isn't fully accurate. But I will say the truth lies in the middle because the Dolphins, yes, they did take calls on Landry. They would be stupid not to. They would be stupid not to take calls on any player. And that goes for every team in the NFL. But in terms of them actively shopping him, aggressively shopping him, 
I wouldn't say that's totally accurate. How's your thoughts on this entire debacle that went down this week? Yeah, I think you touched on it best. I'm sure that there's some part of what Mike Lombardi said that could schematically, you know, come down to, yeah, the Dolphins listened to trade offers, but whether or not they were actively, like you mentioned, out there trying to pursue teams to, to move Jarvis Landry, I just don't think that's true. And, again, you said it best. There's not a team in the NFL that won't listen on any player given the right price. So you really can't fault Miami if they did listen for Jarvis Landry. And, I mean, he's in his last year. All right, it does sound like we're having a few more technical difficulties with health. Uh, Health, it sounds like you're slurring your speech. So you're either having a stroke or you're just having some technical difficulties. Let's hope it's just some technical difficulties. If you could check on your mic again, maybe try without the mic and talking into your computer. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I'm going to take you off mute again and try talking. How are you there? You can't hear me. I can hear you now. When you start talking, you kind of start slurring a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just getting excited and maybe moving the mic. Am I good? <laughs> You're just getting excited. Yeah, no, go ahead again. I mean, if you start slurring again, I'll, I'll put you on mute, and then uh, we yeah, can try to figure just... it out again. But go ahead. Keep keep going where you left off. Yeah, I'm just saying any team would be dumb not to listen to some kind of compensation for one of their star players, regardless of whether or not they actively were trying to move him. So to think that Miami wouldn't listen to an offer coming in their way, I, I don't think that's the case. I do know there was someone on Twitter that said he had heard the Arizona Cardinals have offered a first and a fourth for Landry, and there's no way that could be true. Jarvis Landry would be on his way to Arizona. So I, I just think the Dolphins should let this season play out and then decide on what they want to do with Jarvis Landry afterward. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. All right, so I am back on the air here, and I am actually calling in from my cell phone, and this is what we're going to have to do. I don't know if anyone... Uh... All right, so I am back on the air here, and I am actually in from my cell phone, and this is what So I don't know if anyone's going to hear me, but we're going to try this, and I don't know if anyone is still on. It looks like I'm running solo right now. I'm going to bring in a caller. He's on hold, 615-594-7468. I'm sorry I just said your entire number. But, uh, welcome to Finsider Radio. Who are you and what can we do for you? Yeah, this is Jerry in Nashville. Jerry, how are you today? What can, what can we do? What kind of questions do you have for us? Well, I really, I was just calling in to see if he's going to get the show back on there, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, we are having some technical difficulties, so it looks like we are back on. You can hear us from your end. Now we're good. Yeah, I can hear it now. All right, Jerry. Well, thank you. you have any questions while you're on the hey. air or you're good? 
Uh, the only thing I would I was gonna ask, I'd like to ask is I, I really enjoy the show and I know me and my brother who are big Dolphin fans here in Nashville watch and listen to the show every week and uh, we just kind of hope that you guys can keep the show going you know have it on a little bit longer I know it might not be part of your plans but I think it, if the show is a little bit longer I, I think we'd enjoy it even more but that's totally up to you guys and I appreciate what you do already. All right, man. Well, Jerry, we certainly appreciate your kind of feedback. We do plan to be on the air for as long as SB Nation will have us in terms of lengthening the show. We will get back to it, uh, lengthening a little bit more during the actual season once we begin. But we do appreciate your feedback. All right. Have a great night, Jerry. Okay. All right. Appreciate you. All right. That was Jerry from Nashville. And yes, we are back on the air. And I am just going to tweet this in the live thread. Um, and I'm going to apologize to all of you up front. I will buy you all Frosties from Wendy's. And what's going to happen is I, I'm going to say I'm going to buy you Frosties from Wendy's. But at the end of the day, I'm really not going to buy you Frosties from Wendy's. And you're just going to have to live with it. All right. So what I was talking about before, and I have no idea what got heard. And this, is, this sucks because I was going into a rant about Michael Lombardi again and how he worked for the Patriots and was best friends with Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick will do anything to disrupt a locker room. And he certainly may have done that with the Miami Dolphins here. And Adam Gase coming out and saying, no, we're not trading him. The Dolphins strongly denying it. And then everything coming together now today, which Jarvis speaking to the media. The only thing is he does want his contract extension the Dolphins are having a little trouble with the salary cap uh, in terms of what can roll over into next year and what they're going to look like for next year. Whether or not they can work out a deal with Jarvis, it seems unlikely based on the money now. I think a franchise tag is more than likely for Jarvis if they want to keep him. I just don't see how the money can work. How it's, I, I see you're back. Are you really back, or are you just pretending to be back? Am I back? Are we good? You are back. How, how, good. How's it going? Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to any of this but I, I don't either I have no idea where we cut out I have no idea who heard me I was talking to myself down here or possibly the ghost that may be living in a house here because we found the message behind the refrigerator when we first moved in I know Alpha really enjoys that um, so We're I don't know doomed. we're just going to continue the show but I'm going to jump back to your uh, thing where you know what were you thinking of you know the whole Jarvis Landry situation you got cut off as you started that sounds like me just getting cut off as soon as I get all heated and started. Uh, for me, I just kind of echoed what you said, and I just think that there isn't a team in the NFL that wouldn't listen to an offer for a player. Um, just because you're listening to an offer doesn't mean you're actively trying to pursue that trade or you're reaching out to teams to try to move Jarvis Landry. So I think in the end, the Dolphins are just going to let this season play out. They're going to see what Parker can do and these other receivers. And then whether or not they want to re-sign Jarvis Landry, I know that you mentioned uh, maybe – snap and placing the franchise tag on him. I'm just that, That's a lot of money to give Landry, and I think uh, if he really wants to be in Miami and the Dolphins really want him, I think they could agree to something a lot less than the franchise tag. So it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. I'd like to see Landry get a few more touchdowns. Kind of, you know, a lot of people, they always bring up his touchdowns as opposed to his receptions or yards. So I just want to see Jarvis Landry go out there and just continue to get better, and I think if he does that, the Dolphins will pay him at the end of the year. When you say touchdowns, People get hung up on that, right? I mean, there's only so so many touchdowns to go around, especially when you have Ryan Tannehill as quarterback, right? No, I didn't say that. 
So I'm going to say that because I want to throw some hot takes out there. I want to get some people riled up. But in all honesty, I mean, people, teams aren't scoring seven, eight touchdowns a game. And when you're trying to run an offense, when you have a running back like J.H.I. and you get close to the goal line, you're going to give him the ball more. When you have a big target like Devontae Parker, you're going to give him the ball more. When you have a guy like Kenny Stills running teams on the field, you're going to throw him the ball more. You're spreading the ball out. I, I, I hate that touchdown stat, right? It makes me a little upset. Um, yeah. What I can tell you, though, is Jarvis Landry has been one of the best players in the NFL since he came in as a rookie. Let's just take a look here. He has 288 receptions, tied for the most by any NFL player in his first three seasons. He needs 55 receptions to surpass Anquan Bolden, who has 342, for the most receptions by an NFL player in his first four seasons, and 12 receptions to reach 300 in his career. I don't think Jarvis is going to have a trouble finding uh, 55 receptions this season. If he does, it will be the most receptions by an NFL player in the first four seasons. He has two consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. He needs 1,000 receiving yards this season to become the first player in Dolphins history with three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Let me repeat that. He needs 1,000 receiving yards this season after having two consecutive 1,000-yard seasons to become the first player in Dolphins history with three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. The Dolphins have not been known for their wide receivers in the past uh, recent uh, past, but they've had some pretty prolific wide receivers on this team. And for Jarvis, if he was able to accomplish this, that'd be one hell of an accomplishment. He has 3,051 receiving yards in his career. Redding only needs 949 to reach 4,000 in his career. So when you say touchdowns, right? Yeah, you want touchdowns. But Jarvis Landry, at the end of the day, is a slot receiver who moves the chains. And he's done a pretty good job for the Dolphins in that regard. He brings passion, fire. And like I said last week, we don't see these guys off the field in the locker room. We get reports from the media, but we don't see them. We don't know exactly what goes on. And damn, you know, I love Jarvis. And I would hate to see that man leave Miami. He, I think he is what Miami is all about in terms of trying to change the culture. And, yeah, you need to sacrifice other positions if you're going to pay this guy. But I don't know. I don't see a house. I don't see how he leaves Miami with Adam Gase in charge. What do you think? Yeah, I, that's kind of where I sit with it. And I, I would hate to see Jarvis Landry playing for any other team other than the Miami Dolphins. So I'd like to see the two uh, come to terms on something. I mean – it's it's hard to say what his price tag is because you look at some of the the top tier guys and then some of those uh recent guys that got some of those new contracts. I mean, Jarvis Landry go on either end, so it, it'll be interesting what Miami does. And yeah, I would hate to see him leave, and I don't think Adam Gase lets him go. Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right, so that's enough on Jarvis Landry for now. Again, I don't think he's going to get his contract before the season, even though I said he was months ago. But that's the only reason. Uh, he's not going to get his contract extension is because of Jay Cutler coming in because they had to dedicate money elsewhere. And just because obviously when your quarterback gets injured and you have to bring in a guy for nine, $10 million, that money is not going to be able to be served to the guy you wanted to serve it to in the first place. So that's that. All right, let's jump to the live thread. Let's take some questions. How if you can see, uh, read off our first question. I'll get the second question after you. I'll go with this one to you because I know you're an uh, offensive line guru, but I'll take it if you don't want it. Uh, 39 is number one, asks, so who do you guys think will start at left guard? You want that you one? You want to take that one? 
that's a good I mean, question. Yeah, you take it then, since it's such a good question, because the offensive line play isn't my strong suit. Yeah, I mean, Craig Urbic just got cut. You got Steen in there. You got Jesse Davis. I think Jesse Davis is more the long-term answer, and it's crazy even saying that. But I do think Steen might get the call on game one. I don't think Jesse might be totally ready to jump in there and battle on the trenches. I think Steen is the more consistent guy, even though he may not be the better guy, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. All right. Let's see. Let's get the next one. Does Anteron Werner start at one of the corner spots? How's, I'm going to throw this one to you. Good question, Alpha. Um, I am not sure he does week one. I think that might be Byron Maxwell and Xavier Howard's. Uh, they might be the starters there, but I do think he's going to play significantly, whether it's in the nickel or on the outside. I, I did – did read an article, or maybe it was just some rumblings that maybe the Dolphins were on bench Byron Maxwell. That was something that they they did last year, and it kind of worked out in their favor. But I mean, I think that there really is a competition at cornerback, and I think, like I said last week, I still think Xavier Howard is special, and if he can stay healthy. He might be the Dolphins' best corner, but for me, I don't know that Vernon starts Week One. If you're asking me if he starts by the end of the year, I definitely think so. I do. I, I do completely agree with you, Houts. You are on fire tonight in terms of your answers, all one of your answers so far that you actually got through without yeah, cutting other, off the air. Other than the shitty mic, yeah. You're yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> all right, one more in the live thread from 39 is number one. Another question. All teams cut the 53-man rosters on the second. Will we see a lot of action with teams signing cut players, or will most teams stick with what they have until after the season starts? You will see a lot of action, and, and a absolutely. lot of action at the bottom of the roster as teams look to improve and churn the bottom of their roster. And Jeff Ireland was infamous for con- constantly turning the bottom of 53. And, and in a way, you might say, well, that's good. But in a way, that's also bad because you want consistency on the bottom of your roster. You want guys learning the system. And, and if you're constantly churning, that means that you don't have a very uh, deep team in terms of special teams depth and so forth. So you'll see some action. You'll see Miami cut some guys that with the guys they may think are better than what they have currently on their roster. And you will see teams pick up guys that Miami cuts. It's just the way it goes here in the NFL. All right, let's jump over to Twitter now. Let's see what we got from uh, hashtag Insider Radio. Gareth Mellon asks, is anyone else excited about the upcoming season? No reason we can't be better than last year. And Gareth, I kind of hinted at this at the start of the show with the talk about Jay Cutler. And yes, I think it's a very exciting time to be a Miami Dolphins fan. We are winning the Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl or bust this year with Jay Cutler. And then uh, Nicholas at St. Nick 25 asks, is Ray M going to play at all week four of the preseason and knock some dust and weight off of him? Uh, Nick, I don't think you're going to lose weight playing an NFL preseason game. Uh, you might lose some water weight. Uh, Adam Gase actually said today that he's not going to reveal his plan. I do think we, we will see Ray, though, get some snaps to shake off the rust so they can get him in some situational spots as they move into the regular season and then, of course, get on the field a lot more. Speaking of getting on the field a lot more and some situational spots and and dusting and getting the weight off, when you play fantasy football, there is no weight that you get off of you. If you go to these drafts and you drink beer, you eat chicken wings, you eat pizza, you eat sausage, you eat meatballs, you eat pasta, you eat bread, you eat peppers, you eat hot dogs, you eat Sriracha. steak, and you eat macaroni and cheese. <laughs> All right? And that's just the way it goes. 
And there is no losing weight, especially when you start getting stressed out on Sundays when, when the player that you have on your team is awful. And you realize after week one that you have the worst team in the league. And there is no way you're going to save your season. So this year I cut back on fantasy football. I went from seven teams to two teams. I had one draft already. I have my next draft on Sunday, which will be my last draft. And I'm, I'm kind of excited, but I'm not as excited as I am in years past. I don't know if it's just, you know, another kid is coming for me uh, as late as next Wednesday. That is the finish line for the C-section. And it's going to happen there no matter what. Or if it's just, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I'm just not feeling it out. So I don't know if you have the same feeling. If I burnt myself out last year. I mean, the draft was fun, but I don't know. What do you think, House? Yeah, I mean, every year I look forward to fantasy football. kind of gives us something to take our mind off the Dolphins and just anything. But I kind of agree with you. I mean, this whole year, it's been crazy for me. Everything happened. And then my wife, like you said, yours is due in a week. Mine's due in November. So, I mean, I don't know if it's that that kind of took my mind off the football season and kind of made me less excited for this fantasy football year. But I mean, once you're in it and once those games get played and you're in it there towards the end when the money when money's right, I mean, fantasy football is fun. And no matter what the Dolphins do, we always got that. How, too, are you looking at for some sleepers this year in the NFL uh, fantasy draft? Kareem Hunt was a sleeper until the injury to uh, Spencer Ware for the Kansas City Chiefs. Were there, are there any others that you think? That may be I mean, out there. You know, I made the mistake, and I know he's a sleeper, and I, I don't know that the outsiders – I mean, now they're giving him the attention. But Devontae Parker heading into this year, like, I think all the Dolphins fans knew it was going to be something big, but I kind of tried to keep that to myself. And now I'm starting to see friends and stuff. They're starting to realize that Devontae Parker's the truth, and they're starting to go after him. Uh, for me, I went after Zay Jones. I know Jordan Matthews got traded up there, cracked the sternum, but I think that's really the only target the freaking uh, Bills have, so. I was one of the sleepers I took in one of my drafts, and I also took uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, the running back for New England. I, I Like you, I, I had keepers, and I kept J.H.I., and I kept a Freeman, and I know that's the way you went in your draft. So I was just wondering, I mean, last year I won the championship. I showed up to my draft this year wearing an Ajayi jersey on my championship belt. Nice. I'm just wondering, were, were, you trying to take, uh, were you trying to take a page out of my book when you went uh, Freeman and then Ajayi? Because that's one hell of a way to start a draft. Were you asking me a question? You were kind of breaking up. Not breaking up, but you're a little muffled there. Of course I am. I mean, that's just what I do. But for me, I just asked <laughs> Ajay Freeman. I mean, that's a pretty damn good one-two punch there. Uh, how do you feel yeah, about so, so So here's what happened with me. I was in my 10-man draft, and I had the uh, seventh pick in the draft. And, and coming across the first round, I, I Devontae Freeman I had last year. And the thing with Devontae, the thing that's tough with him is – you never know if him or Coleman is going to get the ball. Absolutely. And then once you draft Freeman, you have to draft Coleman, which I draft didn't draft. Um, some guy took him around earlier than I thought he would. Some guy that I didn't even think was smart enough to take him actually took him. So I don't have Tevin Coleman. But I, I don't think – I couldn't pass up on Devontae in that first round. For me, running backs this year are a premium, and that wasn't the always way I always felt about running backs there's been years past where I didn't attack running backs until middle rounds but I feel that the drop off from the top running backs now until later in the draft are are so big that you really can't afford to skip on running backs early in the draft 
And for me, it was getting that top-tier running back, I think one of the top five running backs, especially on a high-octane offense. And then I was fortunate as hell to get Jay Jai on the turnaround. Uh, luckily, I had a Patriots fan in front of me at number 10, and then I had some stupid people in front of me as well who probably didn't even know really about Jay Ajayi um, in terms of what he's really capable of and just seeing the reports and, oh, he's on the Dolphins and they have O.J. Cutler, so he's not going to be good. But me, obviously, reading everything and knowing that Jay Cutler is going to rely somewhat on the running game, I was fortunate enough to get him on the turnaround. So I'm really happy with those two picks. And, and for you and for all of us, you know, I would suggest getting a running back high as possibly uh, as you possibly can because wide receivers are a dime a dozen, tight ends, they're not a ton, quarterbacks are a dime a dozen, running backs, you're really coming at a premium now, especially with teams going to the two-headed monsters across the league. Thoughts on that, House? Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, I kind of saw my drafts go the same way. I'm normally not a guy that goes after running backs. I did keep Freeman and Ajayi, but just in other leagues. I mean, I, I saw myself looking at running backs earlier. I don't know if it's just because they're, like you said, there was that heat, that couple of elite players at the top, and then after that, there's a pretty big drop-off. And for me, I've always been pretty decent at drafting wide receivers. I think that has a lot to do with just it's a lot easier to go about. I, I am a little upset. Some of these leagues I'm in are standard leagues, not PPR, so it kind of doesn't really favor the receivers there or for the Jarvis Landers in the world, but but yeah, absolutely. I looked at running backs. That's kind of where I focused on first and then kind of filled in with those wide receivers. So I think you nailed it on the head with people should be drafted head into this year. And I think J.J. is going to be a stud. I don't know about you, but I went out and got Kenyon Drake just in case something happened. But I think J.J. is the truth, and I'm excited to have him on my fantasy team and on the Miami Dolphins. So Drake is a nice pickup. Um, that's probably the backup there in Miami. I didn't pick him up because I, I believe I could get him on waivers if J.H.I. ever went down. I, I don't think the people in my league are smart enough to, to understand that Drake would be the backup. And I did get Derrick Henry, though, and, and that is a guy I'm going to stash on my nice. bench for as long as I can because if uh, DeMarco ever gets hurt, Derrick Henry is going to be a top running back in the NFL. So, uh, you know, you never hope Absolutely to get an injury not. for someone, but <laughs> listen, if DeMarco goes down, that's, that's pretty much guaranteed money for me in that league. <laughs> Uh, speaking of guaranteed money, when you when you buy Madden, when you buy one of them, Madden is getting guaranteed money from you every single year. Every you buy year. Um, Madden 15, Madden 16, Madden 17, and now Madden 18. And I have not bought it yet because uh, going with your advice, House, I'm not going to have time to play it with a second kid on the way in just a matter of days, and I barely have time to play Madden now with one kid in my job. But you do have Madden 18, so give us all of us a rundown for those who have not yet bought it. Before you do that, though, I just want to say, if you're trying to call in, we are still experiencing difficulties with the call-in feature. We're not, uh, we see you if you're trying to call in, but it's hard for us to pick you up and get you on the line because of the difficulties. So if you're trying to call in, uh, please save it for next week. We're not going to be able to bring you on tonight. But how, you know, tell us the rundown of Madden 18. Is it worth it? Should we buy it? Or should we save our money and buy it on beer when the Dolphins lose uh, in, the, in the season this year? I think you should always have that money stashed away for beer because whenever the Dolphins do bad, that's that's my go-to, and I think that's a lot of our go-to. But for me, Madden, I mean, every year I kind of – I'm kind of one of those suckers that just goes out and buys. It's one of those games that I have a system for. It's one of the main reasons I still play video games at my old age of 30. Uh, so, for me, I had to get it. I know I have a child on, my, on the way in the next two months, but I figured, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to play some Madden beforehand and then in between when I have time. But – I mean, it's the same game. You said it best. Every year it seems to be a roster update. 
improved graphics. This year they moved over to that Frostbite engine that FIFA had last year. So, I mean, there is some new, uh, you know, particles of grass and lighting features and just different things that make the game look better. But if you're trying to find a new game, a new Madden, I mean, it's the same old thing. I, I used to be a huge fan of those ESPN or NFL 2K games, and I think NFL 2K5 was probably one of my favorite video games, especially football. And I think Madden 18, that's probably as close as it's been to NFL 2K5. I mean, that's, that's saying a lot when it's been 13 years, and a, a game that came out for PlayStation 2, I think it was, is still holding its own against Madden 18. But for me, unless you're a diehard fan of the series and someone who just enjoys playing video games, especially football, I, I think I'd pass on Madden 18. So the story mode is the biggest thing that's out there now. Have you had a chance to play the story mode? And if so, what is it like? Is it like Road to the Show where you kind of get bored after it with a little bit, or is it really engaging and something that you can play for a long time? I have played long shot. I think I'm about 58% into it. Uh, for me, I, I was kind of surprised. It was kind of something that I really wasn't big on. I knew Dan Marino was in it, and for that reason, I was going to play it. But, I mean, it kind of surprised me a little bit. You start out as just, uh, former player, former quarterback, uh, played for Texas, kind of ends up quitting football, had his father passes away, and you're just trying to build his way up to become an NFL player. So, I mean, you're sitting there, you're doing these different challenges, you're you're doing the passing contest, and kind of like a Pro Bowl style from that old uh, NFL quarterback club type game where you're trying to hit the targets. I mean, you're doing that, you're doing these little things. Uh, but a lot of it's just like story, a lot of cut scenes. So, I mean, it's not quite like Road to the Show where you're more uh, playing and kind of in-depth and thrown into each game where you're you're pitching six or seven innings if you're a pitcher. For this, you're kind of going in there, you're just watching these cut scenes and then maybe reacting with a, a button smash here or there, and then every now and then you get the gameplay. So for me, I'm 58% in, like I said, I just got to the arena. So I'm sure the story will pick up, but, I mean, it, it's definitely different than years past, but I don't think it's worth just buying Madden just for the story mode. All right, so there you have it from Houts. It is not worth buying Madden. All right, so Houts, you know, as we went to the last week of the preseason, what are you looking forward to in week four if you're looking forward to anything at all? I guess it's just those guys that are on the bubble who kind of look good throughout preseason. Um, McTire, I know uh, Chase Allen at linebacker, he kind of showed off. Eric Smith, you got Jesse Davis. There's just some guys there that you just want to continue to see grow and hopefully earn that 53-man roster spot. But Ultimately, if, if there are some players that are planning on starting or going to have a significant impact this year, you kind of just hope that everyone gets through it healthy like it's been all season long. And uh, I'm just ready for week one against Tampa. And Miko Grimes and the Buccaneers, uh, they're, uh, that's going to be a hell of a fight. And I'm probably going to go – after we're done here, I'm probably going to watch Hard Knocks, try to see uh, – Yes, uh, yes. Go about the Buccaneers. But it'll be fun. I'm just not sure that this week has that big of a – bearing on the rest of the year. I agree with you as well. This weekend is for guys to get their uh, film, uh, their, their plays on tape. The Dolphins may even be telling these guys they're not making the teams to go out and ball out and get your, you know, get what you need to get on tape, let other teams see you, and go from there. So we wish everyone uh, certainly the best of luck. Starters probably won't play maybe a series, if even that. But uh, it is time for the NFL regular season. And it is time for us to wrap up the show this week on Finsider Radio. We thank you for joining us here we uh, appreciate you sticking with us through any technical difficulties you experience. We will be back next week as we get ready for the first week of the NFL season. Take care.
Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.